Right, hello and welcome to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast with me, Hamish Carton, back again to talk about the Scottish club scene. We've got Craig Gamble, a very happy Craig Gamble here. We certainly do, Hamish. Uh, delighted, delighted to be here and I absolutely mean that this time. And we've also got Callum Scott. Uh, well, Gamble's just took my usual catchphrase. <laughs> I've been delighted to be here, so hi. Glad to be here, as always. Good stuff, lads. Right, we're going to have a chat about all the weekend stuff. Loads that happened. You can tell for Gamble's wee smug face that he's pretty pleased with what he saw over the course of the weekend. I'm not as happy. Uh, and obviously, Kelly won as well. So we'll come to that later on. Um, at the start of the podcast, though, we're going to do something we've never really done before and actually speak about Hamilton Ackies. Uh, the smallest club in the league, but, you know, we like to cover all the... Um, the, all the teams in the league uh, I was saying before you came on um, and I should introduce our, our guest we've got Brandon um, from We Are Hamilton on Twitter Brandon how you doing? I know thanks for having me lads uh, know that I'm going to be much fun to talk about because the Ackies <laughs> were thought of it but I know thanks for having us on No that's exactly how I feel I'm a Celtic fan so I'm in the same kind of boat <laughs> as you at the moment um, but yeah what we were saying before you came on like we've just got this default kind of thing with Hamilton that we think they're going to stay up no matter what happens no matter how bad you are the results you are getting, you are going to find a way to stay up. But I mean, you must be like quite concerned now. I think you're four points adrift at the bottom of the table now. I think this is the year you might all get your, um, as the the cockroaches Scottish football, they might actually just <laughs> disintegrate into dust now. Uh, no, I think this is our year. Unless we make a change ASAP, I think this is a million percent a year. Uh, we, all, we always have that sort of vibe about us that uh, I... We just never go down, but I think aye, the, the ship sunk, I think this is our time to go. What's different about this year then? I don't know, it's just the players in which, we, obviously we lost some players uh, at the beginning of the season. I watched one of your podcasts and I think one of you says, Gogic was your player of the season. Uh, was, I, I think me. that was... Aye. I'm, I'm a big Gogic fan. <laughs> aye. Um, We've not replaced him. He done all the sort of nitty gritty work. Um, the players in which we've got the bog standard, bottom half championship standard. So I think you've saw that with our results against teams like Stuttgart and uh, Annan. So the players are good. And Vice is just he's he's not cutting it, man. He's not cutting it. So when he came in, he sort of level edged the ship, kinda. For a bit, it was a sort of new manager mentality uh, that sort of kicked in. But since then, he's just, nah, it's not been there. Yeah, I mean, five league losses in a row. He's also lost twice to League Two opposition, Annan and Strindrar, and obviously shipped eight goals at Ibrooks not so long ago as well. So it's not looking good. Um, what about Brian Rice? Because, you know, a lot of Hamilton fans, judging for the Twitter I've seen anyway, seem to be turned on and pretty unanimous that, that they want him out. I, it's he doesn't help himself his press conferences. He con, he's constantly contradicting himself. Um, he's always saying he, he doesn't make excuses, but then a minute later he's blaming COVID, which is the basic of ba- basic excuses for any business at the present moment. Um, uh, he's just he's he's not good, doing good at all. Uh, he got interviewed with the Daily Record today, and he says the players enjoyed Saturday. I mean, hmm. what chance do you go if the manager's saying that your players enjoyed their defeat just because they've not been pumped, essentially? Do you know what I mean? Sounds a bit like Neil Lennon when you're talking about, you know, press conferences. See, I've been looking at the media and I've got quite 
majority of my pals are Celtic fans, and when you look at their Twitter, you can definitely see the similarities in the sort of Twitter feed between Celtic and Aki's. Not that there's any relation at all in the level of football both play, but um, no, it's he's delusional, and I never thought I'd. I don't like comparing Martin Cannon to MD because he was just another level as well, but. It seems more delusional than Martin Cannon at the present moment with just the, the stuff he's coming at me. What have you made Aki so far this season, Casey? <laughs> it's, be as brutal as you, as you want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do my best to, to be fair there, mate. But no, it's it's always a tough one because, I mean, as Hamish rightly touched upon at the beginning of the podcast, I mean, it must be tiresome for any Aki's fans that do listen to us, right? Because we're not there week in, week out. Nobody is now. <laughs> I know, less of that part You already hit me with that before the podcast as well Which we'll come on to later But no, like, I would only ever really watch them against Kilmarnock Get a pretty decent record against Kelly as well um, in, in the odd game on Sky Sports Whenever they play, play Rangers Celtic And it's an easy argument for us to be like oh, Hackies, they always, stay up, they always stay up in that But there is method to that madness to an extent Because it has been proven true I remember at the time, obviously um, Whatever, 18 months ago now when, when Martin Cannon left, well, maybe two years ago or whatever it was, that and I didn't want to be that guy because because I'm not one of these people who are like you should be ambitious. But I was thinking, right, what do Aki's fans like expect for that, right? Because Cannon, I know the football was dire and stuff, but there didn't ever really seem to be like he would always get you at that. But I, I believe to be that he, he was continuously keeping Aki's up, but. There wasn't a style of play there. Brian Rice has come in and is meant to have a new style of play. People have tried to uh, praise him for his style of play, but we're interested to see what Brandon thinks about that and whether it's a that's a myth as well. But but what would you say to the guys beforehand that would say, um, what do Hamilton fans expect? Like, is staying up just good enough, or should just be trying to break? For I, I know they know you, you want to stay up. That that's mm-hmm. that's the, the, the that's the objective this season is is not to do that. But but people at the time used to be like, well, what do they expect? Staying up should be good enough for a couple of hours. That must be frustrating. Of course, it's as it it, it, it pisses you off massively. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Is that all right? Ah, no, you're sound. Right. Don't worry. Aye, <laughs> aye. Um, aye. So it pisses you off massively when you hear that. But you've got every right to really say that about Aki's. Like they've got the lowest budget, lowest fan base, so it's understandable. But when you've been in the top tier for seven seasons, you're going to want at least some sort of progression, and it does push. It, it, it does push you off because you're just meant to expect just scraping by the barrel, staying up. And I'm I'm not saying like go for Europe at least, but like see a, a cup run would be nice. We don't even do that. We're, we're, we're chucked at the cup about fucking the first round we're in it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we'll just put out with three Division Two sides. Um, so it's we just want something. It's you, you get that argument amongst Aki's fans quite a lot where you. You argue, oh, you're happy just doing this, scraping by the barrel, but you're in the top tier, you're playing the old firm, you're playing bigger teams, or would you rather get relegated and you're actually enjoying watching the football when you're winning games? And it's 50-50 between the fans. You never get an unanimous answer between that. So, I don't know. Personally, I prefer staying in the top tier because you're in more in the limelight as such. Although it might not be pretty, um, for that, every, that one win every seven games the feeling you get is just it's different gravy do you know what I mean but it's a hard one it's a hard one really 
Uh, that was one of the questions I had written down for you was like, would you almost take a relegation? And obviously you never want to get relegated, but mm-hmm. the fact you could go down to the championship and win some more games and probably have a you know, a better feel good factor around the club and then probably get relegated at some stage like you did under Alex Neal all those years ago and make an impression when you come up. See, you could say that, but then you could flip do that on the flip side and say we could do we could we could do a, a full Kirk or Thistle. Yeah. See, that's that's what I'm always worried about if we did get relegated. And I think with the financial times we're in the now, with obviously everything that's going on, um I'd be worried if we get relegated because I think it would impact us financially a lot and I would I could see us just doing it again and going down a league again. So yeah. personally myself, I I'd, I'd prefer to stay in the tears and just scrape by the skin of our teeth it's no nice but it's just darkies way I suppose I mean it's, it's one of those as well sorry Hamish that's like we're not trying to compare Aki's to, to, to every team in the league there where Hamish trying try to get Celtic in there as well but we're like the, the whole argument with Aberdeen under Derek McInnes as well like, up until this season really you could argue that, that there was that <coughs> the, the kind of glass ceiling situation where a lot of Aberdeen fans were split in regards to Right, they're the best of the rest, but they're not progressing anywhere else in the league. They're regularly getting downs for Rangers and Celtic. And a lot of Aberdeen fans, but they'd just be like, if you offered any other club in the league the, the chance to be the third force every other season, they would take it. But you know, there's that kind of element in no getting progression. Mm-hmm. And if you take the risk, you can fall further. But, but people would maybe do that for, for a bit to change something up. And I suppose Aki's did try to do that by bringing in Brian Rice, who's might have this new style of football. But I, I don't know whether... Whether you agree with that or no? No, I think it was it was murder to try and get Can out the door. I, I thought it was going to be impossible for it to happen. Uh, Aki's have always been a sort of club that it's always recruited either from within or somebody that the board knows. Um, we've obviously with Alec Neil before we've had Cannon. Uh, before that was Alan Maitland, who Ronnie McDonald had at Clyde, and then we hired Brian Rice, which was completely out of the blue nobody expected yeah. it um, I think he's got some sort of relation with Ronnie McDonald but it was just completely not expected at all since he came in there was the new manager syndrome where we did kick on slightly and I think it's safe to say Covid kind of did save his relegation last season um, the style of play I don't understand it at all and I don't think he understands it really <laughs> Um he says that he tries to play this attacking brand of football, but he really doesn't. He? He, he just plays two up. To, he says he plays two up top, and he leaves himself so open at the back. See, see that phone. Apologies, guys. No, no, no. Um, so he leaves himself extremely open at the back because the ability isn't there. That's all well and good. Your Celtics and your Rangers attempting to play this type of football, but. At Hamilton Aki's, if you try and play it, you're going to get pumped 8 now. You're going to uh, concede four goals in 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know what he's trying to do. Sell, uh, try to do uh, and uh, it's just not working at all. I think that's, that's the thing for me that, I mean, I do actually like Ryan Rice as a guy. Um, I, I do quite like him. And when he does speak in, in the media, I, I don't know, I always kind of find him um, like he's, he can be pretty honest at times and I just always think he kind of comes across well but I think just as you're saying there Brandon he's just got and he does seem to get praise quite a lot from like I'm not, not bringing up the Ibrox game at all by the <laughs> way Brandon that 
Um, right. <laughs> obviously, I, a lot of Rangers fans kind of said after that, um, oh, fair play to Brian Rice, you know what I mean? Like A lot of teams would come uh, and just sit in and try and frustrate. And you can say that on one hand, but then on the other hand, as you're saying, if you're an Aki's fan, like it must be frustrating because you need to be a lot more pragmatic when you're going into these games. It's all good and well saying, hi, but we try to play football the right the right way, um, whatever that is in somebody's eyes. But you, you, if you, as you say, if you've not got um, the kind of the quality that, that these teams are coming up against um, do have, and, and that's understandable when we're looking at the budgets of, of the teams in the league, and obviously Aki's are right down there. It's just, yeah, a bit of pragmatism, which he, he obviously, um, well, going by the results recently, um, doesn't seem to have. So, I, and obviously it's got to the stage now um, for a lot of Aki's fans that they're probably just fed up with. I think the thing you were touching on about the sort of nice guy thing, um, I think, I don't know if he's watched The View for the Terrace. They, um, they're touching that a lot. Um, he's got that, that sort of, it's probably, it's, it's probably how he kind of maybe does, it's taken as, as long to for the pressure to really ramp up on him. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and his local sort of interviews with the sort of Hamilton Advertiser, which is a local media outlet, um, he's been getting really, I don't know what the best word for it is, but really, really riled up mm-hmm. with um, them. And he, he loses the plot with them quite a few times. He's, he's called them out. He's... He's actually get really cheeky with them because they've been asking fairly, fairly good. I don't know what the right word for that is, but they've been asking questions which are rightly deserved to be asked. Mm-hmm. And because he's not happy with getting asked that type of question, he's just expecting to be exempt from criticism. Uh, he's sort of lashing out at them, and I don't think he shows that sort of side to the sort of national media because yeah. they don't tend to ask them that because we are Hamilton Aki's and we're just yeah. expected to be that shite team. It's a fair point, aye. Um, in terms of the kind of overall feeling at Hamilton at the moment, um, I've kind of been on your, your Twitter feed obviously a wee bit, uh, we are Hamilton and it seems like there's a bit of kind of bad feeling in general around the club. I know there was, I think there was a club employee maybe answering fans back and loads of stuff like that. It just doesn't seem like a, a particularly happy place at the moment. It's, it's no good at all, mate, and I'm sure pretty much the majority of Scottish football will love hearing that because if it's uh, the distress between the club and the fans and it's no good in the pitch, it's just not going to end well in any sort of line. But I know, um, like you were touching on then, uh, the head of media um, was sort of called out on because they said they were going to bring exclusive content on the sort of stream so the Aki's yeah. TV but they're charging people £60 for that and they've not brought a single hang out all season apart for the games uh-huh. um, so somebody called them out in it and they pretty much says I'm not accepting your opinion you're hiding behind a Twitter feed um, uh, and that, that, it's it's <laughs> mental this, this is an employee if I say that in my work to, to a customer I'm sacked. Do you know what I mean? I'm got a discipline at the very least, and he's coming on and said that. Since then, he's deleted his Twitter, and uh, aye, it's just it's mental. Oh I, I say it's like a soap. It's like Hollywood uh, standards or something like that. Like the, I don't know if he's watched Dream Team when we were younger. It's a bit <laughs> like that, man. It is. It's mental, man. Honestly, it's, it's not. It's not like 
an actual professional football club. It's it's nuts. If you were the actual looking depth in it, you would really get a good laugh if you're looking for the the outside. It's just ah, it's mental, man. Yeah, that's crazy. It sounds like things are, are not doing too well, but hopefully you, you can pick yourself up. I think you're playing in midweek and then you've got Kilmarnock coming up as well, so that's maybe a wee chance to get some points on the board, eh, Casey? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> 100%. We'll have Brandon back on for that one. One thing I wanted to say, but just before you go to get your thoughts eh, on, on the Livingston-St Mirren game, not in that game particularly, but just in terms of those two, is kind of obviously they're they are sitting, I think, Livingston are 10th and St Mirren are 11th at the moment. They're not great sides, are they? I mean, if if you guys, you know, can get your act together, whether that be under Rice or under a new manager, you can still claw that back. See, that that's what I'd probably say is, uh, no offence to Kilmarnock, but out with the top four, I, I maybe include Muller in that. So I don't think that the rest of Scottish football, there's any good level at all. Like, they're all there for the, the taking. And especially St Martin, in uh, Livingston, I'd maybe include Ross County in that because I've not been too ble- too best sort of impressed with them. Uh, they're definitely there. We're, we're four points away. I we've only won two games and drew one game. It's mental the fact that we're still in still in touching distance to pull it back. I suppose you could say that, and I think that's why the board the board see is a sort of yes man. So they'll keep them that way, and the fact they are still in touching distance I don't think we'll get rid of him anytime soon so aye no um, it's definitely there but I don't see us winning any game in a long time if I'm being honest with you depressing stuff Brandon it's been brilliant to have you on mate really appreciate it uh, if you want to give a shout out for kind of where fans can find you are you on Twitter your your aye so I so I'm, I've obviously got my own Twitter it's Brandon Coghill but um, I do a podcast with um uh, another Aki's fan, who's called, uh, Ben Ben Patterson, who runs his Twitter off Only Aki's, and um, they've got their own podcast. Um, if you want to go and check them out, um, we've got YouTube, Spotify, and majority of other platforms. Um, so if you want to go and check that out, yeah, you'll be able to have a more in-depth look at everything Aki's and get a good laugh, probably. I will demise. <laughs> Brilliant, Brandon. Thanks for coming on, mate. It's been appreciated. Perfect, guys. All right. Right, big thanks to Brandon for coming on there. Some interesting things he had to say, guys. Uh, we'll move on, though. We'll move on to St Mirren Livingston. Just briefly, obviously, Brandon just spoke about the two of them. Uh, big win for St Mirren, that winning 1-0 away to Livingston. Jake Doyle-Haynes with the winner. Um, deflected strike there. Did you see Gary Holt's comments post-match? Kind of saying that he may not be the right guy for Livingston. They were they were interesting comments. It was a, it was a strange interview, wasn't it? Um I was watching it on sports scene, you were kind of, when he was talking, you were like, is he actually going to say what I, what he ended up saying? And it was I just a kind of, uh, it was a strange one. Obviously, it's not been, uh, they've not been able to carry on um, the kind of form of the last two seasons. Um, I, a, a big win for St Mern, though. Uh, as you say, Hamish, obviously deflected strike, a bit of luck there. But um, if any team in the league's been maybe due a wee bit, uh, it's Probably St Man will be up there for the uh, contenders for being due a slice of luck with the kind of car crash of the season they've had so far and all their COVID tests and whatever else. So, aye, big win for them. Um, obviously, kind of, I think, as we were saying there, that's um, four points ahead of Aki now and um, a big win to take them within a point of Livy as well, I think. When, and they've got, I think they've got two or three games in hand on Livy as well. So, 
Um, yeah, massive win for them. But for yeah, like Holt's comments, were, it was uh, it was strange to say the least. That's maybe the next fan of a team we get on is Livingston and, and hear about <laughs> what's going on there because for me, player player for player, they've got a pretty good squad there with a lot of good players and people forget they finished fifth last season in the <laughs> top flight, like fifth, and they're now just they've just gone off a cliff. I know. They've lost Lyndon Dykes. Uh, they've lost uh, who else did they lose at the back? One of the players, not Gallagher or Halkett, because they were before. I'm sure did they lose another defender? Aye, I've lost good players though, haven't they? But you'd wonder with the money they get in for Dykes, could they? Well, they've got a good squad as you say as well. So Lammy, I don't know. Lammy, yeah, right enough. Aye, yeah. Aye, because he went mother one, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're clearly struggling. In, te- now. <laughs> I know. in terms of St Mirren, here's a way you can manipulate stats, guys. So I'm going to tell you two stats, and both of them are true. That was St Mirren's first league win since the middle of August. But equally, they've won five out of the last six and drawn the last one. Now, and albeit that four of those wins before Saturday were, were all in the, the Betfred Cup and one of them, sorry, two of them were in penalty kicks, but um, you know, they haven't lost a game since the 2nd of October. So, I know they, they missed a few games as well, but Jim Goodwin will obviously just be hoping, KC, that that's the kind of result that can really turn their fortunes around. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Um, and I think that the um, that's a double they've now done over Livingston as well obviously they beat them first game of the yeah. season so um, no, and as cliche as it is that, that's the games that you're needing to win if you're at that end of the table uh, to get ground in your rivals or to put distance between you and your rivals so no 100% and as Gamble says to be fair if probably any team's due a bit of luck it is St Mern with the deflected goal and stuff so no and again just a, a minor point in Livingston as well it's it's Holt's comments were, were t- totally take take me by surprise. Um, but the conspiracy theorists out there will already be saying that the, the right man's already at the club anyway. The David Martindale. He's the, a manager anyway, isn't he? It is. Uh, well, apparently, apparently, is so. So I, I don't think um, to to Livingston as a club. I mean, I don't think Gary Holt staying or leaving would actually be, make that much of a difference. You've just reminded me of an amazing story. A guy told me, a guy in press told me about the opening day of the season, actually, and it was against St Mirren at home to Livingston. And obviously it was like the first game in Scottish football with no fans, and apparently David Martindale absolutely obliterated Effie Ambrose during the game, like was shouting absolute non-stop horrible, not, I'm not going to say abuse, but, you know, he was like swearing like so much, yelling at him, and Effie Ambrose was like 10 yards away and just the whole stadium could just hear exactly what's, what's been said. Like, do you think racially motivated? So <laughs> <well>. <laughs> like, come on, we've got a reputation in burst ball. We can't, we can't possibly have uh, aspersions like that being put out there. But um, yeah, he's a manager at Livingston. Like, it's the weirdest to see whenever you, whenever you see them. He's the one who gives the instructions and Gary Holt's just standing there like that. Like, it's the I mean, weirdest I- dynamic I have ever seen. No, but one hundred percent. It's a, uh, it's an interesting one because I, I know we'll know why to talk about this for the full podcast, and and I totally take the point you make as well. But he's the one yelling instructions. But sometimes that's no uncommon. I go back to even Kevin or Stevie Clark. Stevie Clark was standing at the touchline, literally saying nothing for the full game, and and be dire at barking the instructions if and when needed. But no, you're right, and all you need to look at is the history there, uh, with how long he's been at the club and how many managers he's worked with. Um, to see 
whether there, there maybe is something in that. Uh, and look at the kind of uh, the demise of David Hopkins as well. Um, left to take the job at Bradford, didn't really do too well. Got the job at Morton, I thought that's a bit of a coup for Morton. And I still think he's an old bad manager, but I mean, he's not exactly setting Heather a light down there either, well up there for, for me. Um, so, no, it is an interesting one, and aye, it's, well, the conspiracy theorists might, might be onto something. So, what, what are you saying here? Make a claim <laughs> about David Martindale? I would say that David Martindale runs Livingston from top to bottom uh, in every sense of the word and that he is the, the genius behind their, their fifth place finish last year. But this is coming from a Kamarnock fan who's been to Almondville, well, or the Tony Macaroni, <laughs> twice in his life, so I wouldn't take too much of it. What I'd say, I'm just going on what other people have said to me and try to, try to join dots, but other people say there's maybe no dots there to be joined, so <laughs> I think I've maybe sitting on the fence again. I've kind of lost the will to live with what you're even talking about here, to be honest, anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shall we, shall we move on and chat about... We'll, we'll chat about your own team. I'm wary that the gamble's not really spoken much so far because it's been a, the, the Kelly Cow show so far. That's so harsh, man. That sounded so harsh. Brittle, man. Brittle. I didn't even that to sound so harsh, sorry. I was going to call it the Brandon show, but then I thought that was harsh because he's a guest, so I thought I'll have a go he's on my own. Kelly Cow. But... Uh, I don't know why I said that, sorry, I'm all over the place. But Casey, you can chat about Kelly, a result that would have made you happy on Saturday. Yes, it did make me happy, Hamish, thanks. That's all I was saying, that. Nah, nah, honestly, great three points, obviously. Uh, Ten men, don't think it was a sending off either. I can see why the referee's given it. Bank the linesman's got to help him out there as well. There's a linesman that side um, at the stand, in between East and Chadwick, and... I can, for the referee's angle, you can see why he's given it. You can see there's a clear touch in the ball, but in the ball slightly changes direction. But nah, it's not it's not a red card. So to come back and that's twice now we've won this season for for ten men. Hamilton at home and uh, obviously Ross County at home there. And we should have beat St Johnson at home. I'll just give that St Johnson fan a shout out again. Maybe that again <laughs> still for still, but we should have beat them at home with ten men as well. Um, but nah, so uh, great three points. I mean, a lot of the Kelly fans, I didn't obviously catch the game, uh, which I obviously spoke to you about beforehand, but a lot of Kelly fans were questioning Dyer at half-time. I got a few texts from, from my mates and my dad that were saying, oh, I wouldn't have made that sub because they brought Brophy off. I mean, playing two up front, you lose your centre-half. Everybody knows that one of the strikers got to come back to, to balance out the team a wee bit, but I think that people were... T- question whether it should have been Brophy or Kabamba but then it worked out Kabamba scores the penalty Kabamba does well to win the penalty as well good bit of footwork speed for Panic to do it and then Burt comes on with a bit of experience and what a goal that was <laughs> that he put away uh, unbelievable finish so not delighted with that and again more interesting post-match comments for, for Kettlewell after that one uh, like you said the noise time at the club that's one of the sorest defeats he's ever had um, obviously give Kelly credit but realistically you're playing with 10 men for 82 minutes then you really Aye. should be winning the game yeah it was 1-1 one, one in 13 now for County we'll come on to them in a wee second uh, in terms of Kilmarnock you know they always talk about Chris Bark and Nicky Kabamba and even someone like Eamon Brophy over the last couple of years I want to ask you about Mitch Pinnock um, who's a guy who's you're laughing has he got a, a reputation the reason I'm asking you I, I thought he looked pretty good on Saturday he looks like he's got a you know that thing they say about left footers a wand, a wand of a right foot. Son just always looks a lot more cultured and classy. Never a wand of a right foot. Ah, you're right, you're right. Um, no, Pinnock's funny. I just remember because of the 
uh, start of the season when when we went through the previews uh, and this the transfers and I remember you bringing up Mitch Finnett and he goes who even is that because I mean I don't remember who that. even was he because he came from Wimbledon you know what I mean like it was it was it's quite funny just because that was when I was trying to convince you that we had a a really really good squad even though it was all these kind of no Mark English guys were signing but no Pinnock uh, there's no doubt he's just it's kind of one of those with the Kelly fans and now he's not a joke figure in, in a particularly bad way but it's just more funny just because he sometimes only comes on for 5-10 minutes and you're thinking there's absolutely no doubt and as as you said he's very very good in the ball it's clear to see that good set piece um, in his locker apparently and he's like I said he's just a, a very good player in the ball he just looks like he's lacking a bit of pace but I he's worked right and that was there and I don't think he was fit at the beginning there's no reason why he shouldn't have been fit right enough because he was for pre-season for, for the word go but no, um, he done well and obviously he, he done okay in the cup he scored and then he got his chance to start on Saturday in the league and, and obviously repaid Dyer. Um, and again, it's a tough shift as well. Uh, 10 men as well as playing left mid in a 4-4-2 because you've got even more running to do and ground to cover than you would if you're, you're playing either side of one striker. So no, uh, credit to him. And no, I, I do like Panic when I was laughing. It wasn't anything today with him been particularly bad. It was more just... Any Kelly fans listening will, will know why I was laughing there more than anything. So, no, nah, c- credit to him. And aye, um, he, he done well to win the penalty and stuff. Some save so for... Sorry, I was just going to say, some save for Rodgers as well, wasn't it? KC at 2-1. That's a... It actually reminded me, do you remember... I think it was Samaras. Uh, McGregor makes a, made a save for Samaras. Yeah, 1-1 one, one game. Aye. Yeah. And uh, it was just similar the way he kind of tipped it. But aye, Peach and then, obviously, Buck goes up the other end with another moment of genius and seals it so I just wanted to just wanted to mention that save it was a belter no 100% on Danny Rogers as well like he's a guy that's come in and, and done well I always liked him you guys will remember him he'd done really well at Falkirk when yeah. they nearly come up and then Kelly beat him in the, the playoffs to, to keep them down where they deserve to be <laughs> and then uh, Danny Rogers who's obviously highly rated and it was just a shame at Aberdeen they've had as good goalies as Joe Lewis there to, to keep him out of the team otherwise I think he would uh, he progressed a wee bit so when he fell down I was happy with signing him I just want to give him a wee bit of credit because a lot of fans weren't too pleased I think there's no doubt Rodgers was signed to probably be number two to Dan Bachman but that fell through and credit to him Rodgers is starting to, to, to show what he was he was capable of a couple of years ago so nah, credit to him and as you said it was a top class save Yeah, Kelly sixth in the league one of only five teams with a positive uh, goal difference which is a I think pretty impressive given that the other four are the, the obvious four. Uh, Ross County are in ninth. Uh, Gamble, I don't know if you saw the sports scene analysis, you know, post-match or post-showing the highlights in terms of Ross County and, and they really went in-depth on the fact they had an extra man and how they really failed to make it work. And some of it was like, uh, it was really interesting analysis, but some of the, the stuff were like two, three players sitting against 10 men just seemed completely crazy. I was... Um... For, my, for a county fan looking at that and obviously no doubt watching the game on Saturday it must it must have been so frustrating I mean that's kind of these are professional footballers we're talking about I mean if that, even if it's not coming for the bench I suppose you would surely you would expect them to know there's absolutely no need for us to I think there was one of them in sports and they actually had almost five players kind of if not behind the ball certainly no much further in, than in line with it um, when you're playing against 10 men. And obviously, Kelly are hard enough to break down um, as it is, but then when they go down to 10 men, 
I think I've seen Dicker quite a lot. He's dropping back in, um, and they're obviously just kind of fighting for their lives. But at times, County kind of made it easier for, easy for them. Um, and I just, it was, uh, they just look like a team that's, that are completely devoid of any sort of confidence at the minute, which it, they had a good start to the season, which is probably the only reason why they're kind of, well, I think they're ninth at the minute. So, um, but they, they've played more games than, and certainly St Murn and, and, and Hamilton have, and, and they're not too far in front of them. So, aye, they need a um, certainly need to start kind of changing their ways soon. Uh, otherwise, they'll be getting dragged into that relegation battle, no doubt. Right, we'll move on. St Johnson won, Motherwell won. Marco Harris scored the opener for Motherwell, then a Stevie May penalty. Uh, Thirty-four minutes in, uh, got a point for St Johnson. Stevie May has now scored. Nine. I'm just doing the maths in terms of, I think, eight in his last seven. Although there's a hat-trick and two braces in there. And he did go three games without scoring at all. Um, but he's certainly finding his uh, scoring boots. Is there anything to note from that game, Gamble? Um, watching the sports scene highlights, I think um, I think Robinson actually said it after the game as well. That I think going into the game, both teams would have probably taken a draw. Um and looking at it before on a coupon, you it was an absolute stick on draw. Um, and then from the balance of play, judging by the highlights, I think um, both teams, I think O'Hara had a, a, a great chance actually um, to score. Uh, St. Johnson created a, a couple of chances himself. Um, but judging by both managers' comments after the game, I think, as I say, they would have probably taken the point before the game. And um, after the game, I don't think anyone could, um, could have grudged each other up grudged each other taking a point for that so just as I said before we started recording probably just the most stick on draw of all time Right we'll move on then that's uh, about as much airtime as we'll give that game Uh, we move to the top of the table I was going to say the title race but it's fast shaping up like we don't have much of a title race I'm kind of joking there but I'm also kind of deadly serious Uh, Rangers will We'll kind of group them together, but Rangers looked really impressive. Uh, I believe this may be the podcast when when Callum Scott goes over to the dark side, sadly. He's been with us for a long time, but I think you're preparing to make a big statement here. I'm just following my, my ancestors and, you know, I've been supporting Rangers as my big club for, for now on in after, after you know, we've been sympathetic towards Celtic for, for so many years. Now, I'm really doing it for, for more ego here, man, because I'm, I'm not saying that many people care about the basketball podcast and I mean that in the best way as possible but I've just got visions of when Rangers win the league at the end of the season Ibrox loyal in that going to all the season previews and probably slating us man and on this podcast I, I sat and wrapped into Tavernier and Goldson and said I'm, I'm never going to see Tavernier captain Rangers to win the league and I think I'm going to be wrong in that and absolutely credit to Rangers I've said I've liked Gerard for day one. I think Gerard's a very, very good manager. Uh, and obviously the coaching staff, I know Michael Beale and that, have they raved so highly about him, and rightly so. But those two guys in particular, Golds and Tavernier, have just been absolutely different class recently. And those are two, and that's why I'm happy to hold my hands up and be like, nah, I was absolutely wrong about that. And, and I would admit it. And Rangers are just... Watching the game yesterday, when you play Celtic, everyone with Celtic is so slow, side to side, and... Teams are back in shape whenever Celtic even do move the ball a wee bit quick because by the time it makes them to, by the time they know where the ball's gone, the rest of the team's back in shape. See, Rangers, honestly, right out of the traps every single game I've watched them this season, they're absolutely battering teams and they're relentless. 
they score and they don't sit back half. They go and they try to do more and more and more. And and, and you've seen both sides of the Rangers because they've done that and they battled us again with Robbie Park in the first half. Second half, a wee bit of nerves with the kicked in as they would because they really should have been a couple more up. And then they grinded out a result in the end. And I don't mean that as if we had Rangers on the ropes. We didn't, but, you know, they turned up 1-0 and, and comfortably saw that out. I just think that <laughs> I really fear for being a Celtic fan. And I know Hamish will speak about it, but... I just think, and credit, absolute credit to Rangers on today. We we Celtic been poor. Rangers on the losing. Rangers on the dropping points. They're, I think that they've been absolutely terrific this year. And to watch, and I'm not going to say they're neutral because everybody knows how much I hate Rangers and Celtic. So I'm never going to watch them and and no be biased against them. But they're absolutely brilliant. To the, the way they play football, the all the players changing changing positions all the time. Foot drop down to other areas. Aribo coming back as well. Unbelievable player, loved him last season and this year I had him on my fantasy team for the beginning and all and he got the injury. Him coming back is a breath of fresh air and you get guys like Hadji and that that can't even go in the pitch. Just uh, need to say it man, I think Rangers have done it. Rangers have done oh, it already. They've not, they've not done it. <laughs> they have, I'm telling you man, they've done it. Celtic have played 13 games. I would rather put, especially this season, Points on the board every single day of the week. I sat and spoke to my brother-in-law about this. Usually, be playing a cup final when Rangers are playing another game, and I can't. What I would rather be doing, I'd rather be playing that league game. You could be going into this game, at Ibr- but you'd rather be in a cup final. No, I mean like take that for how I meant it in regards to Rangers are could potentially that day be going another three points ahead, and Celtic have got a pressure of a cup final to try and win, and then think, all right, that's us get our what, four games in hand now that we need to win. It's, it's, no, it's no points in the board. And I know that's a cliche, you can set up for one or two games, but when you're getting as high as three, four games, I don't know. I, I was jesting when I was saying they've done it, but I, honestly, I can't see where Rangers have got to drop drop points from. They've had, other, they've had their tough test. They've had their game at Parkhead. They've had their game at Robbie Park, their rubbish record. They've had their game at Livingston, where they did drop points, but they didn't lose. They dropped points at Easter Road. Celtic have dropped points at Easter Road. I don't know. I just, I, I just, honestly, I think that I just see the gap getting bigger and bigger. And you can say all you want, I there's, there's games to be played there. But the way Celtic are, what Celtic two wins in eight. This yeah, I know you can European games chucked in there, but come on, it's one win in four in the league. So even if you you make it about the league, it's it's. And I know we've been at Petodre Fir Park and uh, Easter Road and, and played Rangers, but it's still. An awful, awful record. Um, I think at the moment Rangers what, are 11 points clear. If Rangers and Celtic both win every game until the next derby and, and Rangers win that derby, you're talking 17 points. Uh, yes, Celtic will have three points, uh, three games in hand, but um, that's a huge margin uh, psychologically for, for Celtic to have to deal with. Uh, it's also, people talk about you know, the pressure on Rangers, will they crumble again in January? The first thing I'd say is, and it's quite a big thing, there's no winter break this year, so Rangers don't have to think about anything, they just keep playing. And the other thing is, if Rangers are 17 points clear, albeit that Celtic have games in hand, there's almost very little pressure on Rangers. No, no, it's not as if they're two or three points ahead and people are going, oh, is this the day Rangers crumble? 17 points. And I know it may not get to that stage, but I tell you, right now, you're looking at it being even more like I don't have any faith in Celtic winning games at the moment. 
The one positive I've got is that our run of fixtures is really favourable over the next wee while. Um, like Rangers yeah. probably has been over the last wee while. Um, we've got you know a lot of a lot of winnable games. I've just got them here: St Johnson at home, Kilmarnock at home, then Ross County at home. So you've got three in a row there. A trip to Hamilton and then Dundee United at home uh, before the Derby game, and then it gets interesting again. Um, if Celtic can go on a winning run there and, and win those five games, that's positive. But my big worry about Celtic, and sorry to make this about Celtic again, but my big worry about Celtic is even if we win those five games, we go into Ibrox and, and we lose that game. There's no way we get a result in that with the, the way Neil Lennon sets us up and the way the team's not playing for him. Um, aye, I've kind of gatecrashed this with, with Celtic chat, so you can you yeah. can come in with Rangers and we'll probably come back to Celtic in a minute, Gamble. That's all right, Hamish, that's all right. Um, I know as much as I was... Uh, I try to hold in my smile there when I was listening to Casey speak. You'll you'll not be getting um, any statement like that that from me. Um, the mentality that we've got to keep up right now, and I think it's very very evident when you you listen to Gerard and you listen to the players talking after churning out um, yet another tremendous performance, um, is that we are on a game at a time mentality. Um, and we've just got to keep doing it. Um, listen, Sunday was another, not to kind of repeat what Casey was saying, but I just thought it was from almost kind of start to finish, um, just another kind of utterly dominant performance. Um, I actually didn't think in the first half that Aberdeen played that bad. I, I, I thought Hedges looked quite dangerous on the counter-attack. On the sometimes, counter, I, right. sometimes he was maybe even kind of too quick for the rest of his teammates because... Uh, he didn't have much option when he when he got kind of a wee bit further forward, um, but I just think and listen, you've got to be it would be remiss of me not to mention the fact that Aberdeen were without what would obviously as Derek McKinnon said after the game would have been their ideal starting eleven. Would it have made much difference? The Rangers playing the way they did, I I, I genuinely don't think so. Um, I just thought we listen Ger- Gerard as well. He, he's came under a lot of criticism. I think the last couple of seasons from the media, from other fans, from Rangers fans, from, from me as well, for being a bit too one-dimensional in the way that we play at times um, and being very easy to play against. Casey, I know we've spoke loads of times about the kind of Kelly Rangers games and Kelly especially are the team that springs to mind about how well they can set up against us and just be able to get results. So you've got to give credit where it's due to him and, and obviously the coaching staff to... I think they've found a way, and don't. And obviously, the, the personnel were brought in. Roof being being one of them, who's kind of almost pivotal to the to the movement and the interchanging of positions that we've got um, in the kind of front of the kind of five positions you would have going forward. Obviously, with with our, our field and Aribo coming in from midfield, um, I I just think we're so we look difficult to play against um, at the minute. I think Aberdeen, you saw. Morelos, I, I just want to kind of almost give him a shout. I don't know if you see him. He came off the park almost tripping over his own petted lip on, on Sunday because he didn't get on the score sheet. But I think the job that he's doing in the team now is, is so different. Um, he's almost kind of been sacrificed in a way that he's not the focal point anymore. He, he's kind of dropping deep. And the defences that we're coming up against, especially in, in the league at the minute, just don't know how to kind of cope with it. Um but listen, as I say, I don't. Want to, I know I'm just sitting waxing lyrical here, but we've got every right to enjoy what we're seeing for our team at the minute, um, and, and long may it continue. But as I say, uh, I'm not be in my head. It's we're five points clear. Just now, it's not eleven, um, 
I know that Celtic have the games in hand. And, and again, I, I've almost contradicted myself there because a couple of weeks ago, I was saying what Casey said about you'd rather points in the, on the board than, than games in hand. And absolutely, but for us and just the magnitude of this season, you've got to be, it's five points. Um, and and we've just got to take it, as I say, a game at a time. Um, I think our run of fixtures up till the next Old Firm game is... I think we go away to Dundee United. Um, I think we get St. Johnson away just before Christmas as well, which won't be easy games. But in terms of our harder away games, we've, we've kind of we've already kind of navigated our way through them. Um, but then after the Old Firm game in January, we've got a very very tough run of fixtures. So, listen, a long long way to go uh, in this season. Um, I know where I'd rather be right now, and it's obviously where we are. But um, I. Lots and lots of football still to be played, uh, and we just got to keep keep our eyes on the prize. I think that's the key. There is there's so much football still to be played, and Celtic fans. I've seen some Celtic fans thrown in the towel, and I think there's two different arguments there. Because for me, can Celtic win the league from this position? One hundred percent. I've seen Celtic win the league from far worse positions than this. Can Celtic win the league with Neil Lennon in charge? The way the team's playing at the moment. I really don't think so. Uh, I think the way the team is only going one way with Neil Lennon. Uh, if you're asking me the way I, I think it's going to pan out over the next few weeks, I think we will go on a decent run in these five fixtures before the Derby game. I think we'll, we might drop points in one of them, which again would be pretty bad considering the opposition. Um, but it would keep him in a job. And then I think we go to Ibrooks and, and I think we probably lose that pretty heavily. Uh, and then Neil Lennon probably goes after that and as a Celtic fan, the most frustrating thing for me is that every Celtic fan can see this happening. And I'm telling you right now, this is what's going to happen. And then we're going to be X number of points behind your lot on 5th of January or 3rd of January, whenever the game is. Neil Lennon's going to be sacked and then that's just going to be it. It's not going to be it because people will never concede the title until it's over. But at that stage with Rangers, the way... I mean, Rangers have conceded three goals all season yeah. and two of them... Uh, we're in the, the one game against Hibs. That's a team that aren't going to give away much. And I think Rangers will drop points this season. I think Rangers will lose games this season. But like if we lose that derby, um, we're going to be looking at nearly 20 points behind uh, and a new manager to come in at that stage and win the league is as close to an impossible task as you're ever going to get. And we can all see this happening. Celtic fans can see it. Uh, they have to get Lennon out now and get a manager in who gives us a chance in that derby game at the start of the year because to win the league, I think we have to take something from that game. I think that is the key. Obviously, the games before it are important as well, but I think if we lose that game at Ibrox, it becomes really, really difficult for us. It's not too late now, but we're right like on the precipice of it being too late and it, we have to make a change now. But the most frustrating thing, it's just not going to happen. Like Brandon yeah. was talking earlier with Hamilton, it's just not going to happen. Wait, 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 Hamish, what you were saying there about the... Because, I mean, it's easy always going that about, well, anything can happen in a derby and stuff, which it can, right? But how many times have we spoke about, particularly more recently, given the last old firm, has Gerard had lent his back pocket for, for 485, performance-wise? Performance-wise, yeah. he has. Uh, minus just that one, the Johnny Hayes game at Ibrox, that's the only time Lennon's... Lennon's had it, um, he's got one over him really, uh, don't get me wrong, he still walked away with, with a cup win and I won uh, the game that, you know, the Kent punch thing and all that, but all those games, Rangers were by far the better side and nobody can, 
no day can grudge him that and I just <laughs> that, that's what's getting to me because it was the same going into the last old firm game I've never been so confident in my life that the, the Rangers would, would go to Parkhead and win um, and, and they did that it's just I mean I was jesting and I was merely in it to try and wind up the pair of yous about saying well they've done it right <laughs> of course there's plenty of football to play you've got three old firms to play right Yeah. but as much as that's three old firms up for grabs for Celtic as, as obvious as that sounds there's three, three up for grabs for Rangers or not you know what I mean it's, it's not just Celtic that need the points Rangers have still got to do it Rangers will drop points Rangers will lose games as well I don't think they've got to be invincibles they will lose games imagine Jesus <laughs> I was just going to say like, and, and I'm before this kind of comes out the way it's almost kind of sounding in my head right now about the Invincible season. Um, I don't know if any of you've seen it on Twitter. There's been a bit of a comparison to this stage of that season uh, in Celtic's point tally and goals scored and conceded compared to where we are right now. Um, and I think it's, I maybe I think in Invincible two season, more points. two more points. Um, now, listen, I'm not saying you're going to go this whole season without losing. Come on, right. KC's made the big <laughs> statement already about Martindale. Go on, just say it. Just say it. <laughs> no chance. Um, but I think you've you have got to say like as bad as Celtic have been in in a few of the games, um, we've been really really good and we've conceded three goals all season. Not a single one of them at Ibrox. I I think. I'm not, as I say, I don't really know where I'm going with that. I'm not going to say we're going to go unbeaten all season, but we've just got to keep the foot down while we can because inevitably there will be a wee bit of a stutter along the road. Um, Hamish, but... uh, Hamish, I'll be really disappointed if you're not going to edit this post pod <laughs> and then read A. Gamble's words there says he's 100% said, I think Rangers will go this season. <laughs> <laughs> 100% that is exactly what you said MD reading between the lines there Craig Gamble just said Rangers have got to do the invincible make that the um, title of the podcast as well that's, that's what I was going to say it's going to be Craig Gamble says <laughs> no, no, no sorry only go Hamish the way Rangers are playing I mean Rangers I said they've dropped 4 points all season 15 games conceded 3 goals in 15 games like it's it's remarkable uh, run the form scored 41 got 41 points funnily enough as well so it's it's difficult to see a way out but I, I still I know this will be massively controversial and every time I say it in the YouTube channel I've got tens and tens of Rangers fans who just bite every time at this bait mm. I still believe Celtic have the best squad I know it doesn't look like it right now but player for player I look at our squad and I think if you get a manager in who can get the best out of the players like Gerard gets the best out of his Rangers team it's still far far from you know too late to sort this but Sorry, I've done so many podcasts and YouTubes and I just feel like I'm banging my head against a wall because <laughs> of the Celtic the Celtic board don't... Uh, my my pal, uh, John, made a comment to me last night. Remember how long they left it with Mowbray? Remember yeah. how long yeah. they left it with Mowbray? They gave him a January window. They gave him the defeat at Kelly after Robbie Keane started. They gave him a, the, the, even the defeat at Ibrooks and didn't yeah. sack him until like we were fighting for, third play, uh, for second place uh, after the St Mirren game. So that's... That's the only evidence we've really got of them sacking a manager. Dyla was different, and that tells you they're they're, go, they're going to give him Ibrooks and. Hey, we see it ties in with what I was thinking there. I was going to ask you this anyway. Talk about player for player because that's what I'm thinking. But do you see the board investing heavily in January? But where's the obvious replacements to say right? Where I goalkeepers one right. 
I think you just need a goalkeeper. Like, I don't think Barkas is, is good at all. Like, I genuinely don't. I don't think Scott Baines average. Well, a good goalkeeper, but he's not he's not a league winning goalie. Uh, well, Celtic fans will be already they're saying, Well, how many trebles has he won? <laughs> I mean, genuinely like he's not he's not an Alan McGregor, he's not an Arthur Boric. Um He's not Fraser so Foster. What I'm saying, I, I, Fraser Foster, I, there's the obvious one. I mean, it's, it, have they got to, I think it's the position that's obvious in maybe centre half as well, but they've got to go and invest heavily in January. As you said, sp- spoke there about, they got Robbie Keenan to try and save Mowbray's job. That never happened. Because you're right, they will get this run of four games. They'll take maximum points from them, I reckon. Um, and then it'll, it'll get to the game at Ibrox. And then I think the Rangers will probably win that. And then, where do you go for there? I think it's different to the Mowbray stuff. The Mowbray stuff was just an awful team. Like, we had so many weak yeah. areas. That's why Keane was signed. That's why Diamante Kamara signed. That's why bloody Edson Braffied was signed in the <laughs> January window. I look at that team, and this will sound crazy when we're struggling so badly. This, this does sound crazy, but I don't see too many weak areas. Like, a lot of that team won the league last year and dropped, I think we dropped, like, seven points or something the whole season I know it was cut short but I look at that team and I think if Julian's a big player to come back I can't believe the reaction he gets for the Celtic support I know he's had some bad games at Kelly and Livingston I think Julian is an excellent defender I think him and I are at the back's good you know you've got players like Edward and you know Callum McGregor the midfield's a big worry for me because Scott Brown we've not even touched on that but he's just he's finished as far as I'm concerned and you need to get someone fresh in there David Turnbull obviously has had his positive COVID test, but he's it's just crying out for David Turnbull to be unleashed in the middle of the park. Like it's just so blindingly obvious, and Lennon's not done it done it at this point. Um, but in terms of January, I feel like I feel like it just kind of papering over the cracks, signing someone. It, it makes no real difference because this team, this squad, and team should be good enough to win the league. They've proven it over the last few years. The, the player recruitment isn't the issue and the, and the strength of the squad isn't isn't the problem the problem is that you've got a manager who can't inspire the players and can't set the players out in any sort of formation that they understand and that is practical to win games of football and but see Hamish what, what I wanted to ask you as well like, and I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying about Lennon. Is this just there. turned into like a Q&A? I, I, but just your, your Celtic um, point of view on it so it, what I, I think they kind of maybe touched upon something similar on sports scene, but see when you're talking about Brown, what you were saying there, I think you were kind of almost going to come on to for the penalty. Like, what, is he, what is he doing? What is he call, doing? Call me cynical, but that looks like a guy who's trying to get the manager out the door. Well, I know, I know that's extreme, but is he like, like what is he doing? I, I, I've watched it back a couple of times, and you're like Martin Boyle almost looks over his shoulder like that. Is he actually hearing? Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember Miles Beerman in the oh, derby hi, against geez. Patrick Roberts? That's what it reminded me of. Just nonsensical. Yeah, I, I just when I saw that, I just went, "Oh well." But and then... and <laughs> the second goal, no, sorry, the the penalty saved, and then bloody J- Jamie Murphy, who's like the furthest guy away for the ball, he's basically standing the halfway line, is first to the ball and, and scores, and then the camera kind of sticks like. With like the you know the camera after Aye. the ball goes into the net, it sticks on it and then it goes and you see all the Celtic players and Christopher Iyer turns around, Brown staring at him, they're all just like that and it's just like oh my god, you're an absolute shambles at the moment. If can I answer what I, what I was getting at was I know obviously a lot of criticisms levelled towards Lennon and some of it probably justified anyway um, from a Celtic fan's point of view, but 
I mean, what chances he got standing in the sideline when Brown's doing something like that, when Frimpong's standing, ball watching for the penalty, when the penalty gets saved, he's just standing there. And then after it, as you say, they can all turn around, Frimpong's just standing with his arms out of the side. And then for the uh, the second goal, is like, oh, that's absolute amateur stuff. Like, literally There's one you missed as well, the, the beat on foul and Nisbet uh, oh. that, that ends <laughs> just, up in a free kick that turns into the penalty for the first goal. Yeah. Like, that's just, it just they're doing daft things. And I, I get that it's players that are responsible for it, but we all know how football works and yeah. the buck stops and the manager. And, you know, we went from losing at Hamden to use in 2016 under... Ronnie Dyler to two months later playing Man City in Barcelona in the Champions League with pretty much the same squad. We signed Dembele and Sinclair and Colo Turi who played a wee bit. But that just goes to show the difference a good manager makes. And yeah. I, I just, I, folk talk about like Eddie Howe and folk like that. And, and some people say it's pie. Well, you're shaking your head. I, I, I don't think that's pie in the sky for me that we could go and attract someone of that calibre to oh. come in and save us. Oh, absolutely not. No pie in the sky, but Celtic right. should be doing better than Eddie Howe. That's my argument. What's that? Is he one? He's, he's a good. He's a decent manager, but how's he? What's, he's never been in Scotland. He's puff. How's he got to come in when he's a trailing Rangers by potentially seventeen points come January? And how's he got to come in and win a league? And that's my argument. I think Eddie Howe would be a great appointment uh, in the summer or something yeah. like when he's got a full a full transfer a, a full. Uh, uh, pre-season sorry to, to work with his players I'm not saying that I mean the way yours are going on the now nobody can apparently be worse than Neil Lennon but it's got to be tried and tested and I genuinely do think if they do get rid of Lennon it will be Martin O'Neill mm-hmm. or Gordon Strachan that will come in because it's a bit of a win-win because they come in and they can they'll not get blamed for losing the league because I always thought at first or would they would they risk that because it's surely yeah, it's a free hit almost they, they, they can even they can enhance their legendary status even further and that's where it's got to be they're not going to take a risk with Eddie Howe I, I would be disappointed it's the same as a team fighting relegation team fighting relegation you've got to go in somebody that's tried and tested if, if, if all you need to do is stay in the league you go somebody that's done been there done that bought the t-shirt you don't go for a, a, a foreign manager or something who's who's had no no experience in Scotland and tries out a new philosophy Nah, you just need results, and it's that's what I think. I just, I just I've seen a few of my mates are saying Eddie Howe. I'm thinking, nah, that wouldn't be me if I was I, a Celtic fan. I, I think there's similarities between him and Brendan Rodgers in terms of the the way they were. That obviously how he's not been appointed, but the, the kind of state of play when Celtic brought them in or whatever. If Howe does uh, come in, Brendan Rodgers was on the scrap heap after being really uh, sacked as manager of Liverpool. Eddie Howe obviously not at a club the size of Liverpool, but similar kind of uh, way that it ended for him. But in terms of Gordon Strachan, he, he last managed a club team in 2010. Martin O'Neill last managed a club team. He had a six-month spell at Nottingham Forest, but prior to that, 2013, he left Sunderland, I think it was. like These are guys that are just massively outdated. And if we end up with someone like that in charge, I will honestly lose the will to live, guys. I can really see it being striking, but I know I will. I think we've put you through the ringer enough there, Hamish. Aye. <laughs> Tell us your story for the weekend, Casey. Were you at Queen of the South? Ah, it was so. Um, I've, I was at Palmerston, I for the. <coughs> nearly forgot they were playing there. Uh, Queen of the South, I like him. Actually, a pretty decent game of football. Both sides tried to play a wee bit at Queen of the South, but by far the, the better team. Um, Boy McKee, Joe McKee, scored an absolute belter of a free kick for about. 25 yards right into the top bin so no it was good and obviously it was good to take in a game during during all the kind of 
the coronavirus stuff, which obviously you've been part of a few times as well. Twice, I think. Uh, it's nice you kind of take it for granted, don't you? When you you don't get to see a game, and then you actually get to see twenty-two guys running about a park. Uh, Queen of the South, they're eighth in the league. Was that their first win of the season then? First win since in twenty twenty in the league, if I'm right in saying. And I think somebody actually dug out it was December last year, the last time they won a league game, so they they certainly needed it. They want you back, Casey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know whether the Daily Mail or whatever agency it was that got would want me back right now. <laughs> probably had a disaster. That's what I'm talking about. I, I, they obviously asked for X amount of words match report and that, and then when I got to Daily Mail yesterday, like the match report was condensed so much it was almost unrecognisable. However, obviously the Championship... There's five games, they've obviously got to go with the best game and then the rest of them have got to be weird. So they obviously take in, as we all know that, and they edit it down. But the the Monday follow-up today <laughs> was again the same, but it was, it was definitely more my piece. But I didn't even have my name on it, it was some other guy. Uh, <laughs> some other guy's <laughs> name on top of it, which is, which is some laugh. So, But my argument, well, their argument is probably that my reporting was that bad that they virtually rewrote it anyway. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and they had every right to, to give the byline to somebody else. I think you're harshing yourself. You're a good uh, writer. You're a very nah, good writer. I'm no, mate. I'm no terrible. I'm a better talker, I think, on this anyway. Yes. Right. Uh, did we see any of Dunfermline Hearts on Friday night? I, I saw a bit of it. And uh, Dunfermline earned their victory. They deserved it. And they're now three points clear at the top of the league. Wraith Rovers, for some bizarre reason, find themselves in second place. Uh, Pretty impressive start to the season, although they did lose at the weekend to Inverness, Cali Thistle. Inverness are fifth. Uh, Air United are fourth. They beat Dundee. Um, I think just like Celtic and Hamilton fans, I think Dundee fans are a bit fed up with their manager at the moment as well. And James McPeak, I think they feel that that he should be showing the door. I've seen McGowan was having a bit of a a go at his teammates. Did you see that? It's a surprise. I think uh, he's been prone to a bit of a <laughs> um, harsh word interview, hasn't he? But I, I think, uh, I mean, rightly so, it should realistically be Hearts and Dundee going for that title, shouldn't it? Um, but they've been they've not had a good start to the season at all. But aye, I, I, he he wasn't a happy chappy. I mean, if if Dundee don't act now, then they'll maybe lose Gordon Strachan to to Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Final game. That was a that was a lovely. Uh, <laughs> final game, Arbroath and Morton finished no no. League one, uh, Cove Rangers still top of that league, although I believe they lost one 0 to Falkirk. Falkirk's next game, of course, uh, against Rangers at the weekend. Elsewhere, Partick Thistle, the other big dogs in League two, uh, League one, sorry, not League two yet. That's next season. Maybe East Fife. Maybe East Fife two 0 uh, Forfar are at the bottom. Uh, with two points from five games in that league and their result of the weekend was a 3-1 defeat at home to Airdrionians and in terms of Scottish League 2 Queen's Park who we kind of thought might be the team uh, to win that league never mind run away with it but they are certainly going clear they're four points clear already after five games which is pretty impressive they've only dropped two points they beat Brecon 3-0 at the weekend, Brecon are right at the bottom of the league with three points from their first five games with Albion Rovers in ninth place. I think that's pretty much us, guys. Anything else you want to get off your chest? It can be football-related, non-football-related. No, nah, nah, the only thing, just for what you're saying there, is I was gutted with the Falkirk beating Cove Rangers. After listening to Matt, our very own Matt Finlay, talking at the start of the season, I ended up having a wee punt on Cove Rangers to 
to win the league. So that was a big result for for Falk. I think I think Cove are still top by a point, aren't they? Um, Cove will still win the league. Yeah, I think so. Aye. I've actually t- the full bet is I've doubled it up with Spurs to win the Premiership. Ooh, so that's looking good. Prices. Uh, I think I'm getting five hundred quid back for a for a ten pound double. So milky bars on me at the end of the season, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose are sports are top at the moment, aren't they? I well, that they, uh... be, obviously beat City. Not yeah. to, not we're not we're not going down there <laughs> turn this into a English football podcast, but a good result for them. But then Cove Cove can they get me my my double win at the weekend? So long way to go yet, but of course. Good stuff, guys. It's been good to have you on. Thanks very much. Cheers, Hamish. Thank you. More than welcome. Uh, big thanks to Brandon as well, uh, Hamilton Aki's fan. Check him out on We Are Hamilton on Twitter. Uh, what's the at Aki's fans um, as the Twitter handle? So you can check that out for some uh, anti Brian Rice propaganda. <laughs> but he's a, you, you could tell for Brandon that he was a proper Hamilton fan and, yeah. and we'll maybe get him on at some stage in the future as well. Right, good stuff. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast. We have been the Bus Bot Scottish Football Podcast and we'll speak to you in a week's time.